Early this week, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration granted emergency youth authorization for Johnson & Johnson's Janssen COVID-19 vaccine. Today, Johnson & Johnson CEO and Doylestown resident Alex Gorski is here with us to talk about this historic moment and the significance of the latest development of a single-shot vaccine. Mr. Gorski, thank you for making time for us today. Well, Marion, it's a pleasure to be here, and please call me Alex, and I really look forward to the discussion. Well, thank you. And let me first begin by saying congratulations. Um, early, earlier this week, the nation was anxiously awaiting the news on whether the J&J vaccine would get emergency approval. Now, I can't imagine what that wait was like for you. What was happening in your world um, as, as you were waiting? I mean, when did you get the news? And personally, what was that like to hear? Well, Marion, uh, look, I could not be more proud of the news that we uh, received this week from the FDA and the CDC regarding the uh, recommendations for approval for our COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, but I think what's really important for the listeners is to really understand that this was the culmination of not only 12 months of 24-7, round-the-clock commitment, passion, hard work on the part of our physicians and scientists and engineers, but in fact, it's the, it's the result of literally decades of investment in research and development and in people that uh, brought us to a point where we were able to take some of the very early data uh, that we gathered uh, regarding the COVID-19 uh, virus, uh, quickly fuse it with an existing technology platform uh, to be able to produce the vaccine. And um, you know, over the course of the year, uh, we, um, we tested it in more than 50,000 people, clinical trials extensively around the world. Uh, and as with any large scientific project, there were ups and downs, there were twists and turns along the way. Uh, but when we uh, had the call several weeks ago, uh, where we got an opportunity to see the data and see the tremendous results regarding our, the safety and efficacy uh, in, in all of these different, uh, in all the different populations and regions. Um, it, was a, uh, it was an incredible relief, number one, but also just a remarkable sense of pride uh, in, again, all the hard work, heart and tears that went into making that possible. Absolutely. And, and I just heard from my editor about some more exciting news that came in um, just this morning. We learned today that President Biden is expected to announce this afternoon a partnership between Merck and Johnson & Johnson on the manufacturing of the vaccine, um, another neighboring um, company. So please tell us, um, how did this come about? Well, you know, Marion, one of the things I'm most proud of is the the level of partnership and collaboration uh, that I've witnessed uh, during this COVID-19 uh, pandemic, and that having been in the industry for more than 30 years, uh, while, uh, you know, partnership has always been an important part of any company's success, I've never seen the level of partnering that we've observed as of late, and specifically, whether it's with other companies, with the governments, the United States government, federal level, local level, uh, countries in Europe, uh, let alone uh, outside of Europe, in the developing world, uh, foundations like the 
uh, WHO, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, uh, to tr- ensure we have broad access on a global basis. Uh, I mean, never, never in our history have we dealt with a pandemic, pandemic of this kind of scope and scale. And so there's no one company, no one country uh, that can completely uh, solve such a challenging situation. It's only through these kind of partnerships. And look, in our case, we, ha- we had extensive partnerships in the discovery and development of the vaccine, but we have the same in place for the manufacturing of the, of the drug substance itself, of the actual vaccine, of, of the, the process where we put it into vials. And, and a company uh, like Merck, with its many years of experience in vaccines and capabilities, um, we're just thrilled that we can have a partnership with them to accelerate and expand, uh, hopefully, the reach that we can have for patients around the world. Wonderful. And I, I know we do have a lot of like Merck um, families, employees in um, our audience. So I just want to get a sense of what will be, um, what is the role that Merck will, will serve? Well, as you know, we're, we're still, um, we still haven't formally announced the government's going to be doing that later today. Uh, but we've signed an extensive partnership them, with them uh, that in the coming months will result in uh, them uh, helping us uh, not only make drug substance, uh, but also uh, actually take that and put it into the vials that would ultimately be d- distributed uh, to patients throughout the country. Uh, and again, Merck has a very long uh, and well-established history, uh, in addition to having a fantastic reputation as a company. Uh, and uh, and they'll, they'll provide us with a, you know, a very important addition to our abil- abilities and in, in the network that we've already established. Uh, and so we're really proud to have uh, them as a partner. Fantastic. Now, now, let me get to a question that I know is on many people's minds. When are we going to see those um, J&J vaccine shots in arms? Um, and where around here can we find them? <laughs> well, hopefully they're taking place literally as we speak. Um, we worked again, in a very collaborative way uh, with the government, uh, the government, the federal government at this time, working with the, the state governments and local communities are ultimately responsible for the actual distribution. Uh, but we had pre-positioned our vaccines for immediate distribution upon receiving the approval from the Food and Drug Administration, as well as uh, the CDC. Uh, and so our tr- trucks began shipping immediately. And so I would imagine uh, that uh, even today uh, or tomorrow, that you'll start seeing those shots actually being administered uh, to patients and consumers across the country. And can you give us a timeline of how many shots will be delivered when and the goal for um, 2021? Yes, well, we um, were able to ship uh, approximately 3.9 million doses uh, in this first wave. Uh, and uh, we're now uh, going through the remaining regulatory approval uh, for our network of manufacturing sites, which we expect to have very shortly. And we have a commitment that by the end of March, we will have delivered more than 20 million vaccine doses. And by the end of June, we will have delivered more than 100 million uh, to the United States government. And that will be um, en route to... Uh, a, cap- a capability or capacity uh, to be able to deliver at a rate of about 1 million doses by the end of this year. Uh, so 
it's a significant, extensive ramp up. I'm not sure if, excuse me, that was 1 billion by the end of uh, 2021. Um, And I'm not sure ever in history has uh, that kind of a supply, that kind of a ramp up taking place. And what's really important to remember about our vaccine is when we say doses, that actually translates directly into patients because of course our vaccine is, is a single dose. Right. And now watching the vaccine rollout um, unfold has not been easy. I know, uh, what has it been like for you, you know, to see the lines, the frustration, you know, the confusion out there in the community? Well, look, we knew very early on that um, while the discovery, the development of a vaccine against the coronavirus was certainly going to be a, a very significant medical and scientific and you know, biologic chemistry challenge, uh, that in fact, the distribution, the logistics, uh, the actual administration was going to be equally as daunting. I mean, never before in our world's history have we tried to vaccinate hundreds of millions, let alone billions of people around the world. And as with any large, uh, you know, significant undertaking, uh, there's going to, there are going to be bumps along the way. And I think we certainly experienced that in the early days of the vaccine program here in the United States. But I'm really encouraged uh, based upon the collaboration, the partnership that I'm seeing, uh, again, between the uh, federal government and the state governments, between the state governments and the local communities. And what we're very hopeful for is that in the coming weeks and months, as our doses are released um, and as And I also want to give special credit to Pfizer and Moderna for their efforts in increasing supply, that we are no longer going to see a uh, a limitation necessarily on the supply that's available. And as that happens, of course, the government will be able to ease some of the uh, recommendations and regulations regarding who can and who should be getting the vaccine first. And once we achieve that state, I think we'll be able to get many more people vaccinated in a much shorter period of time. Uh, And I think that's when we'll really start to see a difference against this virus uh, and uh, and, and, uh, hopefully be able to uh, move in a much better direction. And in, in your opinion, what do you think needs to happen with distribution efforts? Well, look, I think it's a combination of factors. I think, number one, it's going to be imperative that we continue to educate the public about why it's so important to get a vaccination. Right. Uh, and uh, look, you're likely uh, aware of some of the surveys. And the more people that we can get vaccinated in a shorter period of time, the less opportunity this virus is going to have to mutate, to cause another variant and protect all of us. Uh, And so, again, being transparent with our data, educating people is step number one. We're losing you a little bit. The companies. Okay. What about now? Is this better? I can hear you now. Okay. Okay. Uh, It's going to be all the companies are literally working around the clock to increase uh, their production capacity. And we're quite confident that in the coming months, uh, the number of doses will ramp up significantly that again, will allow governments to ease some of the recommendations regarding who should be getting a vaccine and in what order. 
Number three, we've got to get out to communities, particularly communities that have been disproportionately impacted by COVID-19, Black communities, African-American communities, Hispanic communities, uh, to make sure uh, that that these people have access uh, and that we're doing everything we can to get them the very best healthcare education, as well as delivery possible. And, uh, and we are working collaboratively across a number of different networks and stakeholders to make that possible. Uh, so I think those are the kind of steps that we need to take uh, over the next four, six, eight weeks that can make a big difference. Thank you. And now tell us about the extensive clinical trials. You want to give people a sense of what was involved, because I know there has been some worry among people about the efficacy rates. You know, with Moderna and the Pfizer, they have um, rates, uh, efficacy rates at 90%. So what could you um, communicate to consumers who are concerned about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine? Okay, well, I would share a few uh, important pieces of information with them. And first is that all these vaccines are very safe and are very effective. Uh, they've been tested. They've did, they've been tested in very large clinical trials involving 30, 40 uh, plus thousand uh, patients, uh, and there's been a lot of data and experience garnered, you know, demonstrating uh, their utility in making a big difference with COVID. Now, as it relates to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, um, there's a few key points to remember. One is that the platform that we're using, uh, so the, the structure of our vaccine has actually been used extensively around the world already. In fact, in more than 200,000 patients, uh, we had used it um, to, uh, to build vaccines for Ebola, for HIV, for Zika. So we have a very well-established safety profile uh, and track record with this particular platform. Two, we've tested it against the COVID-19 virus uh, to a significant degree. You know, early on we did preclinical, which meant you know studies that were done in test tubes uh, and in animal models. We then did a very large 1,000 patient phase one, phase two A trial that gave us an indication of the kind of response that we were likely to get. And then most recently. In fact, in September to roughly January of this year, we conducted a very large 45,000 patient trial uh, called our phase three trial around the world. So we did this in uh, where about 45% of the patients were in the United States, approximately 40% were in Latin America, and approximately 15 were in South Africa. And at this particular time, the incidence rate of COVID-19 was going up at a very dramatic rate versus what we had seen earlier. And number two, the variants, uh, the mutations that I'm sure some of the listeners have read about were also starting to increase at a dramatic rate, particularly in places like South Africa and Brazil. So to give you an indication of the cases that uh, we saw in our clinical trial in South Africa, over 90% were the South African variant, which we know are much more challenging, much more resistant uh, to some of the existing treatments. And even in these environments, we saw an 85% effectiveness in preventing severe COVID disease. And we saw it 100% effective at keeping patients out of the hospital and from dying this far. 
And, um, and so ultimately, I think what's most important uh, for people to consider when they're thinking about a vaccine and protecting themselves and their family is, look, is this going to keep me out of the hospital? Is this going to prevent us from dying? To know that our vaccine will deliver safety, will deliver efficacy on a single shot, uh, we think should you know, give them a lot of confidence about, um, again, its application, its utility, not only for them, but for their family as well. Fantastic. And no, that's very encouraging news. And this is a single shot vaccine, like you mentioned, and that is significant. Um, but, but can you describe why that is so significant? Well, look, from the very beginning, we, uh, we had an aspirational goal to say, what would it take uh, to discover and to develop and ultimately to manufacture and administer the ideal vaccine? And the parameters, of course, started with safety and efficacy. Uh, that had minimal side effects, but was very effective against the actual virus. But it also required logistical issues of how could we make it convenient for a patient? Uh, and, and so having a one shot, particularly in rural areas, for example, in the United States, let alone outside of the United States and other countries, uh, was particularly important. And we know, for example, with the case of COVID-19, if we're ever going to get back to a world where we can travel openly and globally, uh, that making sure that we have a vaccine uh, that can be delivered, particularly over the last mile, that can be administered in a fairly straightforward and easy way is going to be more important than ever. Uh, so that's why we felt having a single dose that doesn't require very significant refrigeration uh, would uh, represent a major step forward uh, in the war against COVID-19 and in the vaccines that are available. Absolutely. And I understand that Johnson Johnson is now doing trials on adolescents. Um, how is that going? Yes. Well, look, the first, uh, the first patient uh, population that we focused on were age over 18 and above. Uh, and uh, we're working with the FDA right now to study the age group 12 to 18 uh, and we also have plans in place to study it in younger patients as well as in pregnant women. Uh, we're, we plan on finalizing the review of those protocols and the approach with the FDA very soon. And we're hopeful that we can gather much of this data in the back end of 2021. Great. And um, we have all been struck, struck by um, COVID personally in some way. Now, outside of your work on the vaccine, can you reflect for a moment on how COVID has struck you? Oh, it's, look, it, I'm sure that it has struck the majority of your listeners and uh, it struck me in a very, very personal way uh, early on in the pandemic. Um, and unfortunately, uh, on Easter morning, um, I lost my uh, security person who uh, had been with me for the last 10 years at Johnson & Johnson. Uh, in fact, he, Don was the first person that I would see in the morning and usually the last person at night other than my wife. And uh, unfortunately, he was struck by COVID very early on uh, and it took his life. And so um, uh, right away, this became quite personal for me. It wasn't just, uh, you know, a number or a statistic on a chart uh, or uh, something in a PowerPoint presentation, uh, but it was you know, a very close personal friend, somebody that I considered family. And, um, and it, uh, again, it really brought it to life and the importance of the work that we were doing. 
Well, I'm, I'm so very sorry for your loss. And I know that um, the community, people have been rooting for you, rallying around you. Um, and just, can you give me a sense of how the community has supported you through this journey, especially the local community? You know, there's no way we could be doing what we're doing without the support of the local community. Uh, and whether it's been in New Jersey or right here in Bucks County, uh, I think the outpouring of support uh, has been remarkable. Uh, and and it, look, it's, it starts with making sure that, um, you know, our employees uh, can, you know, operate. It has to do with the, the schools being able to operate. I mean, you know, the majority of our employees in this area have got children in the local schools and communities uh, and the way that, you know, the, I think the school systems have adapted uh, virtually and in real time uh, has been so important uh, to the mothers and fathers that we have so that they could continue uh, to do their work. Uh, I think that's one example. You know, I think uh, secondly, we, uh, you know, have found that, um, you know, because our employees are so engaged in local, uh, whether it's schools and volunteer organizations or other programs, uh, that you know they feel a part of um, you know something bigger than themselves, and uh, and and you just that's a real I, I believe a really special aspect of Bucks County of this true sense of community. Uh, that, you know, provides, I think, a lot of security, a lot of support. Uh, and to bring something like the vaccine, uh, you know, to the market as soon as possible. And I'm sure celebrations now are in order. What are your plans to celebrate um, this, this occasion, this major step forward? Well, look, I think it's too early to celebrate. Um, it, while we're happy and, uh, you know, we, uh, we did take time to certainly recognize some of the individuals, the scientists and again, engineers and others, you know, over the weekend. Uh, I think that's one thing all of us have learned through COVID it is to, to be thankful, to be grateful for what we have and, and for what we're doing. Uh, we still have a lot of work to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've, we've got people right now working on, uh, not only this vaccine, but the continued manufacturing process. Uh, we're working at building additional partnerships as we talked about earlier. We're already working on a next generation vaccine. At the same time, at a company like Johnson & Johnson, uh, you know, we're continuing to take care and support cancer patients, uh, you know, patients who are suffering from uh, immunological conditions, cardiovascular disease that are in need of surgeries. Uh, so there's still a lot of work to be done. Uh, and, um, you know, we, uh, we want to make sure, and one thing we've learned, I think, from COVID-19 is that we can't underestimate the challenge that it presents. Uh, so while we're really pleased with this milestone and the progress, we can't let up. We have to stay vigilant uh, and uh, keep pressing through until um, hopefully we get through the other side. Absolutely. Hey, Marion, thank you. And, you know, just one last comment. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this is to really call out the frontline heroes in, in places like Doylestown and the local communities who work in the hospitals, the doctors, the nurses who have actually been taking care of patients. Uh, the work they've been doing has been remarkable. It's made a huge difference. 
uh, in survivorship, in morbidity and mortality. And without them going in every day, sometimes at their, the risk for themselves and their families to take care of others, there's no way that, uh, again, we could have the security in our local community with COVID-19. And I just really want to acknowledge and thank them for the great, great work and commitment that they've been demonstrating throughout this pandemic. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, and I'm sure that the community is very appreciative to hear that. Well, Alex, I want to thank you very much for making time for us here in Bucks County. Um, and we look forward to learning more about the groundbreaking work happening at Johnson & Johnson. And of course, any additional developments with the vaccine. Um, we, we want to continue this conversation as the vaccine rollout continues to unfold. Um, so if you ever have any other exciting news, um, please connect with us. Let us know. We are not very far away. Thank you again for making time for us. This is Marion Callahan reporting for the Intelligencer in Doylestown and with USA Today Pennsylvania Properties. Have a great day.